When Kim was in grade two, she wrote a short story and she handed it in to her teacher. Once upon a time, there was a happy balloon. It would float around happily, but all of a sudden, it ran out of helium. But it still had air, and it was so sad, it made a storm of tears. The end. <laughs> Little note from my teacher here says, I run out of helium some days, too. That's Kim reading a grade two creative writing assignment. I'm Dan Meisner, and this? This, right now. It's grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. How are you doing tonight? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live at the Broadway Theater in Saskatoon, we have a pop star ransom note, a magical jungle mouse, romance at the hockey rink, and much more. So why look back at this stuff? Well, because sometimes the best way to understand who we are is to try and understand who we were. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. Do we have fans in the room of the musical groups NSYNC or the Spice Girls? I asked that question because Kim, who you heard at the beginning of the show, Kim brought a second piece of writing related to the pop stars NSYNC and the Spice Girls. And it's sort of an unusual piece of pop star writing because it's a ransom note. (laughs) This ransom note was painstakingly crafted out of individually sliced out letters from magazines (laughs) created for grade 7 creative writing class. It's a ransom note to do with Kim kidnapping NSYNC and the Spice Girls. Please welcome Kim to our stage. Here it is. <laughs> to the holder of this letter, I have kidnapped the Spice Girls and NSYNC. If you do not abide by my rules, their chestnuts will be roasting on an open fire. <laughs> this is what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> million cash. Leave it on the front steps of the abandoned warehouse at the stroke of midnight. However, if you choose to disobey these rules, I'll be tearing up their hearts. (laughs) Till they are crying, mama. I might not even stop then. I might continue till they suck in their last breath of air. That's not all. I'll bury all in shallow graves around the city. (laughs) If you don't leave... (laughs) 
if you don't leave the money, you will get no rest because I will be watching you. Got it? Thank you. You handed that in to a teacher? Apparently she got an A. One more time. If you want to see Kim's ransom note in all of its meticulously crafted glory with every letter carefully sliced out of a magazine, if you want to see that, we have posted a photo. There's a link in the show notes on your device right now. Our next reader, Juliana, described herself as an urban-raised indigenous girl. And at our Saskatoon show, she shared a few entries from her teenage journals all about her summer vacations to the James Smith Reserve. Live on stage in Saskatoon, here's Juliana. August 1977. No, I'm not that old. But I am. Dear Diary, what a day. I'm so itchy. (laughs) I am on James Smith, and we went to the creek and swam. We drove there on the back of Musham's tractor. He hit a bump, and I bounced off and hit the dirt face first. (laughs) I hit pretty hard and started crying. My stupid brothers were just laughing at me, especially Andre and Mike. I'd like to see how they feel if that happened to them. My face was all covered with dirt, and all I could see and smell was dirt, mixed with my tears and embarrassment. Tony said I was tough because my nose didn't bleed one bit. Andre said he could only see the whites of my eyes through all the dirt. I was so mad and crying. They were all laughing. My brothers had to yell at Musham to stop the tractor because he kept driving away. (laughs) My Musham started laughing too. (laughs) I'm not sure of the creek name, but there was a dirty word on the sign next to the bridge, and I don't even want to write it. The flies were biting us everywhere, so we covered ourselves in mud, and that just made us dirty and smelly. We all smelled like poo and made the flies bite us even more. It reminded me of that movie, The Birds. I'm not sure who it's by, but it was on the movie channel. I I was told not to tell anyone we were stealing cable. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Anyway, there were leeches too. Most of them on my brothers. There was a leech on Andre's winky and he, he, he screamed and cried. There were several on Mike's butt. I was laughing so hard because they were all 
taking off their shorts to check their bodies. Andre told me to shut up or he'd kick me in the head. Such a jerk. That'll teach them for laughing at me for flying off the tractor. We walked back to Mushum's. We were thirsty. Mom said we can't drink the water or we'll get sick. Mushum had freezies for us. Well, that's all. I'm tired, diary. August 1993. Dear diary, I'm on James Smith. It's so boring here. You still can't drink the water here. I miss Dawson, the gym, riding my bike. Today we went to a powwow, and there aren't any cute boys out here. Well, there was one. Mom told me he was my cousin, though. I asked how... I asked how distant a cousin... And my mom just gave me a dirty look. (laughs) I wanted to kiss him. Holy. It's not like I want to marry him. I mean, I am only a teenager. Mom loves to give me dirty looks. It annoys me. Like as if I can give her dirty looks because she wants to go to the bar. (laughs) Anyway, the powwow drums were cool and loud, and they made me cry. God, I'm so weird. (laughs) Everyone was dressed in cool clothing. Makes me wish I had grown up on the res. I want to learn powwow. Instead, I learned jazz and lyrical. The best thing about the powwow was that boy, the fry bread, and bannock, and jam, and melted butter. Oh, that boy sure melts my butter. Oh, ha, 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 ha. It was such a hot and sweaty day, if you know what I mean. So dusty here, too. Well, good night, dear diary. It's this very last short one. Well, we are staying on James Smith for the car bingo on Friday, and we're leaving Saturday. I'm really sad about this because I'm going to miss the men's softball tourney my only opportunity to scope guys out here unless you're going to your mom's aunt's daughter's, great aunt's daughter's house to oogle her foxy 27-year-old son who told me he was making bannock and while stirring moose meat stew. And he told me he was on a local hockey team. Isn't that just so hot? And let's be honest, in my world, if you can cook moose meat stew and play hockey, that's an automatic in. I wonder if he knows how to make fry bread. (laughs) Anyway, off to bed. Tomorrow we are going jigging to the jigging contest at the school, James Smith, where life seems primitive because there's still no clean drinking water in sight. Res life is just tragic and weird. Thank you. Our next reader is Kurt, and when Kurt was in third grade, he wrote a short piece for creative writing 
it is all about a magical mouse who fights a lion in the jungle. Please welcome Kurt to our stage. The Magical Mouse by Kurt. Once there was a magical mouse named Trevor. He lived in the jungle. One sizzling day, Trevor ran into a lion. The lion said, you look like a good snack. But Trevor used his magic and put the lion to sleep. And then he escaped. Soon, Trevor got thirsty. So, Trevor took a drink from the cool river. A crocodile said, You look like a grand snack. (laughs) Then the lion showed up and said, Here is my snack. (laughs) Trevor put both of them to sleep. Then he shrunk both of them to the size of a beetle. Ha ha ha, says the mouse. (laughs) When the lion and the crocodile looked up at Trevor, Trevor grinned from ear to ear and said, You look like a good snack. (laughs) The lion and the crocodile were frightful. They never expect to be gobbled up by a mouse. Mmm, says the mouse, I'm fat. Trevor devoured them, licked his lips, and went on his way. He never saw another predator again. Thank you. Between the sizzling days, grand snacks, and cool rivers, I am willing to hazard a guess that somebody had completed a unit on adjectives. That was really fun. When I was a kid, one of my favorite books was a collection of poetry called Revolting Rhymes. Now, if you don't know it, Revolting Rhymes was sort of a parody of classic nursery rhymes mashed up with surprise, gross-out endings. And when I was in grade four, I was deeply inspired by Revolting Rhymes. So inspired, in fact, that I wrote my own collection of gross-out poetry. I called it Putrid Poems. And sometimes I read selections from Putrid Poems on stage, like this parody of Little Jack Horner. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his purple pie. He stuck in his thumb and pulled out a thing he could not identify. Dan. And then my teacher wrote, like this one, Dan. You've got talent, Dan. And apparently, I was not the only fan of this style of poetry. When our next reader, Michelle, was 15, 16, and 17, she wrote a lot of poems, including one entitled Nursery Rhyme from Hell. And at our Saskatoon show, she shared that one and a few other selections. Please welcome Michelle to our stage. A quick heads up, Michelle's poems include some cuss words, which we do not bleep, and some intentionally violent imagery. 
There's your heads up. Here's Michelle. Nursery rhyme from hell. One, two, buckle my shoe. Three, four, he is soon out the fucking door. He's like Georgie Porgy pudding in pie. Kissed the girls and made them fucking cry. If he is blind like the three mice, he better watch out, because I have the carving knife, and I'm about to scream and shout. I'm going to push him down the hill, have him tumble like Jack and Jill, in hopes he gets lost with some sheep. Won't look for him like little Bo Peep. Hickory dickory dock, I'm going to cut off his cock. Make him sit in a damp corner with plum thumb little Jack Horner. I won't be like Miss Muffet, I'll actually be brave and cause shit. I'll say, boys are evil and full of crap and don't love. That's what little boys are fucking made of. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. I'm a fucking man beater. (laughs) Just about to crack his skull like Humpty Dumpty who sat on a wall. June 2004. Father, you sometimes piss me off. What am I supposed to do? You won't let me go on the phone. No one can do anything, and Jan isn't home. That's my sister. I seriously don't have a lot of friends. I'd rather not watch TV and rot my brain. I did some puzzles, books, and cleaned my room. Now what am I to do? So now you won't let me talk on the phone. You are so stupid. I am not abusing the bundle. You obviously don't know why we have one. Because of you, I'll have no friends. You make me so mad. I hope you read this and realize how much of an ass you can be. I am so bored. This is such a fucked up life. Can't do much of anything without you on my ass. I wish I could tell you to shut the fuck up or leave me the fuck alone, but I have some respect. Whatever. Somebody else. I wish I could be somebody else. I find it too hard to be me. People find me annoying. If I was somebody else, would my friends like me then? I'm what people call a loser and a loner that has loser friends. I don't go out too much. If I was somebody else, would I be popular then? I'm smart and behave good. People might call me a nerd. I get good grades. If I was somebody else, would I be liked for intelligence or looks then? I get pushed around. Asshole guys think they can pick on me. I'm a little wimp with no confidence. If I was somebody else, would I be brave enough then? I wonder if somebody would want to be me. If they did, they would regret it. They would be writing this poem. If I was somebody else, would I want to be somebody else then? Thank you. After the show, Michelle told me that poetry was how she coped with her emotions growing up, that it was a creative outlet she could use to express herself and get through the melodrama of being a teenager. I asked Michelle about that last poem she shared, Somebody Else, and what she would tell her teenage self if she could go back in time. I would tell my younger self that being weird and feeling like you didn't have good friends Um, and people picking on you 
um, made you who you are today and that you find comfort in the weirdness that is life and being strange with your little quirky voice, being small and petite and being smart is actually a great thing. Um, and don't let anybody else knock you down for it um, because those end up being your strength when you're older and you become more confident um, as you grow up. And so don't let anybody else tell you anything different. When Kim was 12 years old, she described herself as a little bit boy crazy. And tonight we are going to hear a few selections from her private diary. Before the show, Kim told me that other than a few people at her workplace who she practiced these with, nobody has ever heard these since she wrote them. Please welcome to our stage, Kim. January 1st, 2008. Happy New Year. I am so happy that it's 2008. I don't know why, I just am. I made $25 babysitting last night until 3.30 a.m. I'm happy because I am Kate, the lead female role in our junior drama production. It's called Imperfect Proposal. It's really funny. I have to get kissed on the cheek by this gross kid, Brooks. (laughs) Brooks is one of my best friends. Now... I wish Ben was in place of Brooks. Then my dreams for the last eight years would come true. I also wish that Ben would ask me out. I would float on the clouds if he did. I can't wait until I'm older and I could probably go on dates with him and make out. That would be awesome. (laughs) January 7th. Hey, diary, you know that Ben guy I was telling you about? I think he might actually like me. We got a new seating arrangement in class today. I'm so lucky because I get to sit by him for like the fourth month. I mean, I sat by him for three months this year and January will be four. I think fate is trying to get us together. Also, he always smiles at me when something's funny or if someone says something funny, we look at each other and smile or laugh. He always asks me about stuff during class and on the, on the bus. I think 2008 is my year for love. I have a good feeling about this year. January 11th. Okay, forget everything I said about how hot and awesome Ben was. (laughs) There are these new kids I met today at my brother's hockey tourney, and they are like 10 times hotter. (laughs) His name is Kyle. He like hits on me all the time. I said I don't like him, but I really do. I'm probably going to see if he has a Facebook and add him. He is absolutely a total hottie, hot, hottie. He... (laughs) He had his hockey stick and put it in between his legs and said, you want to feel my stick? (laughs) Even though I wanted to, I I said no and walked away. (laughs) I wonder 
if his school has dances. I would go with him. If Ben asks me out, I would say yes, but then after he asked me out, Kyle asked, I would say yes and then just dump Ben. <laughs> it's the perfect plan. <laughs> June 23rd. I'm so sorry I haven't written in a while. I couldn't find the key. But anyway, I heart Kyle. I am totally in love with him. He is gorgeously adorable. He's so quiet, but so talkative. So shy, yet so outgoing. He's always looking at us. Every time I glance at him, his hotness is just so hot. (laughs) Kyle is a hottie, hot, hottie. (laughs) I always daydream of our wedding day. The... (laughs) The first dance song will be When You Look Me In The Eyes by the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) February 8th. Today's Superstore was really super. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, I'm totally in love with Devin. (laughs) Blonde hair, blue eyes, so perfect. I love him so much. Also, I'm not allowed to like Kyle anymore or Brayden because that's who Aaron and Mercedes like. But but whatever, because I love Devin. I haven't really talked to him yet, but he's still so sexy. Aaron and I have this theory that they will fall for us soon and ask us out for Valentine's Day or something. Words just can't describe how I feel about Devin. Just listen to When I'm With You by Faber Drive or Never Gonna Be Alone by Nickelback and you might understand. (laughs) And then I have a poem I wrote about him. (laughs) I can't explain my love for you. I don't want any other. You're a 10 on all three levels. I'm glad you're not my brother. (laughs) Thank you. That has been our show, Saskatoon. Huge round of applause for everybody who read tonight. So, so good. Thank you to Barrett for doing sound tonight. Thank you to Anisha and Aaron and all the amazing volunteers here at the Broadway. Thank you to my wife, Jenna. Thank you to me, Dan Meisner. Stick around, say hello, get home safe, and then dig up your own kid writing. We'll see you soon, Saskatoon. Good night. was told not to tell anyone we were stealing cable.